Offbeat podcast aims to bring the behind the scenes of the Australian music industry to the audience with an entertaining yet honest and transparent look into all facets of the industry, all while bringing new local music to new ears. In this episode, we're talking to Australian musician and industry pro Laura Imbruglia from Music Victoria. We talk about her personal development as an artist and industry professional, working in event and video production and marketing, the Music Victoria Awards, and of course her Australian favourites. We had a bit of a recording hiccup around the 38 minute mark, so apologies for some potential decrease in sound quality, but listen until the end for our New Year's update and check out everything else on our website at thebackbeatpodcast.com. Enjoy! Brilliant, right? Yeah. So we're back with the Backbeat Podcast. Today we have Laura Imbruglia from Music Victoria. Did I say that right? You said it perfect. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's a silent G. I have been practicing. I will not lie. How do you, how, do people do the G very often? Yeah. Imbruglia. Yeah. Imbrugula. <laughs> sounds like a vegetable. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, it does. <laughs> um, if you want to give yourself a little intro as to what you're kind of doing at the moment yeah Yeah. so I'm the um, event producer and marketing manager at Music Victoria (laughs) and separate to that I'm a musician and sometimes I'm a tv producer or web series producer Mm -hmm. Hmm. awesome um start with maybe your music Mm -hmm. um where do you reckon your passion for music started um, my family are pretty into music. Like we always listen to music um, on long car trips with the whole family singing along, and like Amazing. me and my oh, sisters yeah. would put concerts on in the backyard, and yeah. just a music loving and musical loving family. So mm-hmm. I think it's just been something that I've always grown up with. Yeah. Mm. What kind of music did you grow up with? Like on the car trips and stuff. The Carpenters. Carpenters. They're a seventies brother sister duo that are like super cheesy really thick harmonies really um mournful emotional singing Mm -hmm. um i used to like the musical annie i used to like sit in the window Mm -hmm. thinking that i was annie singing to my (laughs) my parents wherever they may be um they were my two probably strongest and then like stuff like whitney houston and Mm -hmm. michael jackson john farnham stuff that my sisters were listening to that's awesome i've actually been in a production of annie so that's was, oh my god who are I was, you uh, i was just in the orphan ensemble so I <laughs> absolutely no one special but that was so much fun i l- absolutely loved all of the music in that yeah um yeah that's awesome know where to go from annie <laughs> um when did you start as an artist like how old were you and how did it all begin um, doing music specifically well I started writing songs when I started learning guitar which was when I was about 15 and then after I finished high school I had an acting agent because I was interested in acting as well and I had actually done well with acting in school and not as well with music right. and then my acting agent was sending me to like orange juice commercials and just like things I wasn't vibing on at all and I started getting gigs around the same time so I was like 19 20 yeah and um and that seemed to I had more success with that immediately than acting so I dropped acting and started yeah for sure it seems like a lot more of an effort to get into acting than music yeah Mm. I saw there was a like a, a drama series you were on oh, Crash Palace. Crash Palace. What I've was never that? seen that. You- <laughs> no, 
it's, watched it. Well, it's just one episode that I was oh, in. Okay. Like, I auditioned to be in the show and I was supposed to play the part of, like, a really bad country singer. <laughs> and they, I did the audition and they said, you were too good for that role. Like, your, your singing is, you didn't do bad enough singing. Oh. <laughs> and then they called me back for a different role where it was just, like, a talent contest or something no. and I'm against the bad singer. Oh. But I've never seen it. I can't find it anywhere. Oh, really? It's like it didn't happen. Really? It would be awful. I was so nervous. <laughs> I was bright red, just like terrified. You're too good. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much, but I'm still rejected. Yeah. <laughs> I can sing worse. <laughs> ah, awesome. Um, when did you record your first like proper like recording? Like release. Mm. Well, I did one song for a Homebake soundtrack, mm-hmm. um, which is Homebake's a festival. Um, I would have been, it would have been the year 2001 or 2002. Mm-hmm. And then I did my first EP um, the year after in 2003. Yep. Very cool. Mm. Um, I saw your single Looking for a Rabbit. Mm-hmm. I watched the music video just before and that got number two on the JTV music Music video number two, I think. Yeah. yeah. JTV. Yes, JTV. Yeah. It's like Triple J TV. Oh, it was, right. It, it started. Um, it was in the early noughties. Oh no, mid mid noughties, because mm-hmm. my album came out. That first album came out in two thousand and six. Mm-hmm. So it would have been around then, and it was a show that was on after Rage right. on Saturday mornings. Oh. They interviewed me. It was kind of like trying to be a recovery, but. Without an audience. Yeah. <clears throat> I, I only just... I feel like recovery is making a comeback at the moment in social media. I keep seeing it popping up everywhere. It is. They, yeah. they get it, there's a nostalgia yeah. um, trip happening at the moment, and they've just kind of re, remade that show. They're remaking it in a like, yeah. different way. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah. It's very cool music video is it like Alice in Wonderland inspired a little bit yeah I didn't have anything to do with the concept though the people who made that also made a video called Tear Ducks for the same album Mm -hmm. and they their way of kind of coming up with ideas was to ask me for the lyrics and they just kind of took it from there so a lot of it is actually just like (laughs) visual interpretations of weird lyrics Mm -hmm. in that song because it's pretty um it's a strange song lyrically. Uh-huh. Um, but, yeah, there's definite Alice in Wonderland vibes in there. Yeah. They actually won awards for that video. It was, like, was cool. kind of yeah. – it probably doesn't look, like, technologically advanced now, but at the time it was like, whoa, what are they yeah. doing? <laughs> between 3D oh and 2D. <laughs> yeah. oh, very cool, very cool. Some weird shit going on. <laughs> that would have fit so well on early morning music, music video. TV, yeah. 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 <laughs> Saw some weird shit on Rage Girl. Yeah. When did you first start touring? Um, yeah, 2003, I'd say, like around yeah. the time my first EP came out. So did you get to jump? Like, how did that sort of move up? Because you've been international and everything as well, right? Yeah. Uh, I was lucky to find a manager really early on. So, like... And that's why I was on the Homebake Festival, like, really early on in my career as well. So, yeah, I started playing shows in 2001, straight out of high school, and I lived on the central coast of New South Wales and had moved to Sydney to work in this record store called Utopia, Mm -hmm. which is, like, a heavy metal hard rock record shop. And um, 
I'm one of the guys that worked there is in a punk band called the Hard Ons that have been going since the 80s that are mm-hmm. like world famous yeah. and have never stopped. They're now like in their 50s and still killing it. <laughs> and um, Ray from the Hard Ons was like, oh, oh, you play music. And so he started coming to shows and he recorded a demo for me on his um, home recording equipment. Mm-hmm. And then he was connected with this guy, Nick Tropiano, who whose office was around the corner from the shop and he managed a girl band called Skulker who were quite popular and he also was a record label that released the hard-ons and so mm-hmm. Ray went to Tropiano and was like you gotta come see Laura play here's her demo I recorded awesome. and then he'd take me into the rehearsal studios and be like this is my friend Laura she's <laughs> looking for gigs and like put my demo in different storage lockers of bands yeah. and stuff like <laughs> he just went above and beyond the call of duty oh, of a friend mm-hmm. and um uh, Nick eventually listened to him and came to see me play and Nick managed me and then once Nick was on board he got me a booking agent um, who the first one I had was Dave Batty and Dave manages um, oh what's that band called oh, I'm having a blank they're from Sydney they're quite big and the singer's name is Haley Mary uh. anyway I'll come back to that anyway Dave <laughs> Dave um, that's annoying. Um, anyway, Dave is a killer booking agent and manager, and he mm-hmm. he kind of helped me out, um, getting like helped establish me at the beginning, and that's how I got on tour. Is he brought out Tegan and Sarah for their first ever tour, mm-hmm. and put me as the support. And oh, awesome! I got a lot of really good shows in in my the like, Jezebels. Jezebels, uh, yeah. Dave manages the Jezebels. Cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, it would have been awesome being able to tour with Tegan and Sarah as well. Like, did they end up being a bit of an inspiration for you or...? Yeah, like, I didn't know who they were before he put... Because no one did. They they were kind of... Back when they they were so well. underground. Mm-hmm. Their first tour of Australia, like, all the... Like, they all the shows were sold out because they were, like, under underground famous with all the queer community. Mm-hmm. But Triple J would not give them any airplay. They only had, like, spot mm-hmm. rotation. Was, mm-hmm. They didn't know who they were and, yeah. like, they weren't sold on them. Mm-hmm. And they still killed it. And then they, it was interesting to watch them, like, with each subsequent tour, just play bigger and bigger and bigger venues yeah. and just become mainstream popular. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's very cool. Mm. Um, how did you find it touring around, like, Europe? Was that quite a bit of a Yeah, that a was shock. That was cool. That yeah. was... So that was like 2007 and 2008. Mm-hmm. So I put out my first album and um, and I had said to my manager, Nick, if you don't get me some sort of something happening overseas, I'm going to like take a break from this for a little while because I haven't been overseas as an adult and I just want to do it. Mm-hmm. And so all of a sudden he had sorted it out and I had a German label and a booking agent that um, covered Germany, Austria, Switzerland. I had a guy in Denmark that released a single mm-hmm. and then uh, we teed up all these tour dates around that. So I did a solo tour supporting this American guy called Chuck Prophet that was like, he was in a band called Green on Red that were popular in the mm-hmm. late 80s. Mm-hmm. And then I did it, came back the next time with a band mm-hmm. and did a headline tour. It was it was weird. They The label were like, they put me on the strangest shows <laughs> and like doing, doing TV in Germany was just a whole new experience because they speak, like the hosts will speak in German to the camera and then they'll, they'll do the intro in German and they'll say, 
like anything that relates to you in German first, then English, then they ask you a question in English. Like everything is done twice. So they're like yeah. German, German, German question, English, English, English. And then you say it back in English and then they translate it back yeah. in German. Oh, that's so interesting. Yes. That would have been so weird. Yeah. <laughs> surely, surely enough of Germany speaks English. Uh, yeah, maybe. not have to worry, really. Uh, I guess so, but they still do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That would have been really fun. <laughs> yeah. It would have been strange. You just sit there waiting for them to finish. <laughs> yeah, it's just quite, quite an experience, but yeah. it was cool. I wish that I had access to all the footage because it was kind of pre... Um, well, it was definitely pre-Facebook, but, like, mm. it just has disappeared in, into time. Like, mm. only one of them ended up on MySpace, and you can't find that anymore. And <laughs> yeah. It would be so funny. I would look so shocked and weird. <laughs> Amused. We'll have to do a deep dive. Yeah. Ooh. 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 <laughs> <laughs> You're going to be on Babelfish or, like, you know, translating <laughs> websites. We said... Um, when, when Lydia came on, I was like, okay, so, like, we did a bit of research. And then she's like, oh, no, what have you found? <laughs> but she's, like, wiped it clean, essentially. She's got oh. nothing on her LinkedIn apart from, like, something six years ago, like, one job that she did. Right. But it's still her, like, emo days picture. So she's got, like, the black fringe and, you know, dark makeup. And yeah. It's, just, it's so funny looking back. <laughs> um, um, do you reckon you preferred touring... Like as a solo artist or with with a band? Um, I don't know. At the time, I really liked touring solo, and um, I think I got to a point where I was pretty good at connecting with the audience and telling stories and stuff like that. Like once you get into the groove of something, that is what feels best. Yeah. Like at the moment, I don't really like doing solo shows because I'm used to playing with the band, and yeah. I feel like you start to feel like the songs aren't as good without the band, which isn't true. Like, I write them solo, but um, that's just kind of, yeah. There's benefits to both. Mm -hmm. There's benefits to having friends around to, Mm -hmm. like, if you play a really awful gig for you to, everyone to laugh about it together or yeah. like if there's a weird heckler sure. or something odd that happens <laughs> it's just way funnier to talk about it and share that joke mm-hmm. what yeah. happens when someone heckles you in a different language doesn't happen heckling doesn't happen that often mm. i remember someone in germany it wasn't in german though they were like saying they were just cheering for the guy that I was supporting when yeah. I was playing yeah. and I was like yeah right thanks all right he'll be on soon just fucking chill out <laughs> just fucking listen <laughs> take a second um how have you found as a musician still um how did you find it being in the industry as a female musician like good and bad experiences um to be honest I never really noticed anything different well I wouldn't know any different because I'm a female Mm -hmm. but um I didn't really notice any sexism or misogyny or anything until I was in my 30s which is crazy but um until basically until I started working at Music Victoria Mm -hmm. um and maybe a little bit earlier I started because part of my job I have to count like um female and non-binary and male representation on yeah. lineups and yeah. things mm-hmm. on events that we put on and and you start noticing it yeah and then once you see how imbalanced it is you can't unsee it mm-hmm. and you see it when you walk past venues you're like oh my god there's not one woman on the wall of this massive venue and they've got like 
they're advertising seven shows mm. and yeah. every single promo photo is all men mm-hmm. and then I'm like how do they like sleep at night <laughs> this is how weird. they get away with it and then you see it yeah you see it on festivals you see it um, when you go to a show and like I try to talk to guys about it because you, you, if you haven't really been trained to look for it or you're not particularly sensitive to it you wouldn't notice it so like mm. you know even just living living with men that play music I've told them about it and then like a friend of mine is doing a show soon and he's like oh, I, he's from Tasmania he doesn't know many people and he's like oh I couldn't end up getting a, any female artists for this show so it's all men and I feel pretty oh, bad shit. about it and I was like dude I would have helped you <laughs> Like, I don't think they. I don't think he tried very hard. <laughs> well, he he's just tried with I the guess, people that yeah. he knows, which yeah. is not that many. Mm-hmm. But um, at least he's thinking about it. You know, yeah. that's that's more than what he was doing before, and more than what I ever did. I used to book book lineups of all male supports all the time and mm-hmm. not think about it. Yeah. yeah, you just go, oh, that's a good act. I want him. <laughs> yeah, and I also, I don't know. I think I just was probably when I was younger, like competitive and just wanted to feel like one of the boys or like mm. I didn't I, I would have felt somewhat threatened by yeah like other women um playing music at the same level mm-hmm. just stupid stuff but um I haven't yeah I haven't noticed anything awful being a woman in music but there's always a bit of sexism and mm. I'm sure a lot of it happens behind women's backs as well mm. yeah for sure and you just get like you know sound engineers that talk down to you or treat you like you're an idiot or question your decisions about Mm. something yeah the amount of times i've been like handed like dirty dishes at gigs Uh, what yeah like like i work at stay gold oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. sydney road and even at other venues that i've you know done the odd job at i get like i'll be walking through the venue to go and get like the cash box or something or like even just to run to the toilet or something and i'll be walking through and they'll assume that i'm like a a runner and just like (laughs) hand me dirty glasses from the bar to take back to the bar and i'm like all the guys at the bar just people like in the whole venue just patrons are just like oh you you know you work here but (laughs) they assume you're a glassy yeah right and i'm like Bro, like I used to stage manage. (laughs) What are you doing? Yeah, (laughs) they just assume. I'm like, really, really, still. (laughs) Obvious, like employee, like just one general. Yeah, you know, overarching bucket that they've put you into. Yeah, Mm. or umbrella. Stupid, stupid shit like that. And they're like, they, they don't mean to insult, mm. but it's that assumption that like, you, you wouldn't annoying. be doing anything important. Mm. <laughs> it's frustrating. Yeah. Mm. Oh, my God. It's a lot of fun to tell them <laughs> no. <laughs> I would love to just, like, unload everything back onto the table and be like, oh, actually, I'm working this gig, so, like, yeah. I'll get someone else to sort this out for me. Or do it yourself because the bar's that It's way. just that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, how long have you been doing Music Victoria? Uh, I've been at Music Vic since August 2017. Okay, cool. When when did, like, what was your first sort of job and introduction into that? What was the first part of that doing? So um, as now or? As in what was my role when I yeah, started there? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, pretty much the same. I was the, My title was marketing... I think it was marketing manager. I can't even remember. Yeah. It was just marketing, I think. But um, as it turned out, like a lot of my job 
in this role is is working on the Music Victoria Awards. Mm-hmm. So um, there was a producer that I worked with in my first year, but it was still my full time project from when I started through to the end of November. Yeah, and. And then the following year, um, I stepped up and became the producer. And I was—I asked for a different title because it's the kind of the biggest feather, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, that I've got in this role. And I wanted to make sure that it's clear that that's one of the things that I do. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and the awards were last week. Was yes. How did that go? Ah, uh, really well. Yeah, it's it's a massive project, so yeah, I'm still tired from it. But, um, <laughs> I think it went really well. We've had only good feedback. Mm. We always change a bunch of things to try and improve it each year. Um, and so it's always interesting to see how they roll out and make sure that that they – you just hope that they work. Mm. First time we've partnered with Auslan Stage Left, that was really cool. Oh, that's the um, the interpreters. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. That's very cool. I've seen that at a couple of festivals I've been to. Because mm. yeah. it's still kind of like – new in the music industry to to book an, an interpreter mm-hmm. for your show mm. yeah and um we par- i locked them in as a discount provider for music victoria members earlier this year and mm-hmm. they're super keen to like be in front of the industry and talk to people and it was cool to like that's awesome get that to fruition mm-hmm. yeah yeah i i never saw like a sign interpreter until i went to ability fest last year which is run by dylan orcott mm-hmm. um and it was like it was so much fun, like just watching them, like more than watching the act. Like yeah. so into so it, so into the music. Yeah. Yeah. It was amazing. Yeah, it's super cool that people are actually starting to utilize them a little bit more. Have you seen the video of the woman who's doing it at a big festival for? I can't remember. Oh, he was the, the rapper. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. he's got this like verse where he's just like speeding through it, and she keeps up with it, like she oh, knows everything, awesome. and yeah. he's just watching her like while he's doing it. He's like, yeah. <laughs> She's like going for it. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he just thought that she was like dancing. Just like, I don't think he knew what she was doing. Yeah, but yeah, probably. It's, you'd have to know because like that, you have to prepare them. Like, yeah, that the only thing it's just it takes a bit of organization because you got to mm-hmm. send them the lyrics and the songs ahead of time. Mm-hmm. And one thing I um, messed up with this year is that like on the spur of the moment, we had Gordon Cohen um, performing and we were running ahead of schedule. Mm Because it's hard to know, like, Mm. if people are going to speak for a long time or if they're not in the audience. And and so my my boss, Dale, was like, do you want Gordon to do another song? We're running ahead of time. Should we just get him to do two songs? I'm like, yeah, yeah, sounds great. (laughs) And then I did not communicate that to the Auslan interpreter. Like, I just didn't think about it Mm because I'm thinking about all kinds of other things. Yeah. (laughs) And then he does the song that she's um, learnt and then he, he starts talking and she's translating it and then he starts the next song and then I go, oh, no, and I'm looking at her <laughs> and she's just, like, panicking and and then she, he starts singing in Sudanese and she's like, oh, well, yeah, I have no I can't do that anyway. figuring out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> oh. She's yeah. like, do I still get paid for that? <laughs> <laughs> she was she was remarkably um, accepting of my apology. <laughs> but they're, they're the sort of things you have to think about. You can't... Um, you can't just make spontaneous decisions mm. uh, without, you know, a bit of prep. Yeah, yeah. for sure. <laughs> um, what other projects have you worked on with Music Victoria? 
Um, what other projects? The membership drive is a big thing that I work on each year. So um, the we made a video last year. So I've made a web series previously called Amateur Hour. Mm-hmm. And... Um, a bunch of people pitched to make our membership drive video last year, including me, and I was like, just let me do it. I, like, I just think it can be funny and, mm-hmm. like, engaging a bit more than we've previously done. Mm-hmm. And that was really fun, just, yeah. like, writing a comedic script and getting all my workmates to sing on it in mm-hmm. different genres and um, it ended up being, like, the most successful video they've ever made, which is cool. That's awesome. Mm. Mm-hmm. Was that the one that was featured with uh, Her Sound, Her Story? No, that's from Amateur Hour. That's the guitar shop skit. Ah, yeah. But the Music Victoria one's got Echo Vandal in it and um, she, like, comes into the office and asks us what Music Victoria is and right. then and then we, like, look around the office and all the staff are like, okay, let's do it. And then a song starts and I, <laughs> I start singing things at her in electro, like, electro pop. Yeah. And then it switches to, to Coops that used to work with me and he's singing in blues style and then there's folk and then there's country <laughs> and then all of a sudden there's like full metal oh my god <laughs> <laughs> all awesome. of it is us explaining what music victoria is and does yeah mm. oh, very cool um so what is amateur hour maybe you want to talk about that a little bit more um oh it's it's just a it's a web series that i made a few years ago um just as a project for myself not for my, just for myself, like it's kind of a community project because Australia doesn't have any um, arts-related TV or mm. music shows or Tonight shows. And I was just like, this is such a glaring omission. Like it's so obvious that it's a thing that we need that would go well and it's embarrassing that we don't have one. Like when mm. artists tour from overseas, they don't. there's no show for them to go on. Like mm. cool touring artists, we could be just doing a lot like I don't know it's a really big missed opportunity so I made that for I made one season with a bunch of volunteers and then that was moderately successful and it Mm -hmm. like we called it amateur hour because I didn't know what I was doing and a lot of us were kind of new to figuring out yeah that stuff or like there were students and a bunch of stuff and Mm -hmm. then uh, the second season we made on a fifty thousand dollar budget, which was from grants and crowdfunding. Wow, that's and awesome. Yeah, I think I only put in like two grand or something, so mm-hmm. that felt good as well. But that's still oh, nowhere near enough money to make six half hour episodes. Yeah, mm-hmm. that are like all produced professionally, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did um, you like pay the artists that came on and stuff like that as well, or was it no? Just artists like don't get paid for yeah, no, for performing on shows. It's just a promotional yeah. duty. That was one of my first questions like, yeah. um, when I started doing TV interviews was like, do I get paid for this? Like you think there's like a big pot of gold in it? And it's like, no, they're like, this you're is lucky your job. to get doing this. Yeah. yeah. Costs a lot of money to make it, but mm. you pay the crew, obviously. Yeah, yeah. But even then they were, they were paid like way below industry rate. Mm. Just everyone it was kind of reliant on the people being involved and wanting to do it. Yeah. Mm. What kind of um, guests did you have on, on the series? Um, season one, we had Sarah Blasco. She was probably the biggest artist that we had. Mm-hmm. Um, we had Bat Pierce. Um, we had... I'm having a mind blank. There's actually <laughs> heaps of good bands. Out mm-hmm. to My Face, uh, Two Steps on the Water, Witch Hats, um, Yudamal, uh, Pikelet, um... 
There are heaps more than that. Mm-hmm. Oh, Camp Coke, yeah. we're on season two. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah, there's heaps of stuff. And then there's also skits with musicians acting in them. So that's one of one of the thing that you're talking about, the, yeah. her sound, her story, that is a skit that we filmed that had Adelita and Davy Lane and Jen Cloa yeah. and Summer Flake and heaps of people in it acting. Mm-hmm. And musicians acting is like one of it. I was going to say, do they, do they know how to act? <laughs> um, there's actually, I try and like cast musos that are char- like characters yeah. as people and yeah. I know that they'll be funny. Yeah. But, um, yeah, for the most part, like I haven't had many, many dud actors. <laughs> there's a few, but not many. You can approach anyone who's, who's painfully shy yeah. or like just an awkward human unless that's what you're wanting to achieve out of filming them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> what was it like working with, um, now her name is totally blanking. She was the one who came on the Music Victoria one. Echo Vandal. Echo Vandal. How did I blank on that? What was it like working with her? Awesome. She seems like she a really cool such character. a professional. Yeah. Yeah, like she came in and just like nailed it. I didn't mm. know what her acting ability would be no. like. And... Yeah, I didn't know really much about her at all. Yeah. But she's so cool. Yeah. She's awesome. She, um, I think it was Good Things last year that she played at. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, and I have a video somewhere on my Instagram of this girl that could have just been Echo Vandal, who was dancing to her set just on her own, just oh, yeah, totally into it, losing, like, on her own. No friends, no one dancing with her, but she did not give a shit. She yeah. was going for it. I'm like, you're my hero. <laughs> And then there was a post, I can't remember what it was, I think it was to do with this, maybe, but um, Echo Vandal liked one of my posts on Instagram and I was like, (laughs) 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 oh, that happened! Yeah. (laughs) Because she's so cool, she's such a cool personality and everything. Mm. She's such a good stage person too. She's an amazing performer. Yeah, she's really, really awesome. Yeah. Yeah. God, that'd be cool. Cool. Um... Um, I saw also with Music Victoria, you do a lot of panels. Yeah. Talking about, like, the crowdfunding and, mm. like, um, grant writing. Yeah, crowdfunding, grant writing. I did. I hosted um, an Indie 101 thing last year, which was co-presented with APRA. No, mm. this year, um, which was about, like, releasing an album independently and the steps involved with that. Yeah. Um, that was really fun to do. I haven't done as much of that as I would like but it feels fun to you realize that you've acquired a lot of knowledge that you take for granted mm-hmm. when you actually start like Adding laying out all yeah. the steps and talking someone through it people come up at the end and they're like oh, I've never learned so much in this <laughs> session they're super grateful yeah we um at the moment one of my final assessments is a grant application so like do you have any like hints and tips and advice with Mm. writing those with grant applications well it's important to uh read the guidelines yeah make sure and criteria like make sure your your project is even eligible Mm -hmm. with it because i've made that mistake as well like spent weeks and weeks writing a grant application and then got the rejection letter and they always say like feel free to call us for feedback which you should also always do and they were like, yeah, you're not, like, we don't fund web series. Yeah. Uh, I was just like, oh, but it said video art. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, video it's art, like installations idea. at art galleries. Uh, and it was really, really annoying. Yeah. Um, I would say it's important to pay attention to, like, who is funding you and what their what their goals are as an organisation. Like, if you're getting going for a, a grant with APRA, mm 
they want to help songwriters. Yeah. So um, I got a grant with APRA once and the focus of like what I told them I needed the money for was to pay like to pay artists whose music we were going to be playing on the show because then that serves their benefit. Yeah. You wouldn't say I'm making a web series and it's music related and I want money from APRA um, to pay the camera crew because yeah. they're like, I know the overall goal is like to support <laughs> yeah. music, but we specifically want to help songwriters. Yeah. So those kind of things. Mm-hmm. And don't always put your own money in as well. Don't expect them to fund the whole thing. Yeah. Usually course. they, they like you to put in like three, three funding streams. So like another say that you're getting a grant from somewhere else and you just write in the like not confirmed, but at least they know that you're thinking about your plan yeah. B's and mm-hmm. right. other funding streams. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to, yeah. Make a few changes. <laughs> um, how was your experience with crowdfunding? Like, did you find people were quite, like, generous? Like, Yeah, I've done it a few times now. I really – it's, like, quite exhausting and there's a lot of fatigue around it, I think, as a – like, when it first came out, everyone was like, oh, I love this. I'm so involved. <laughs> and then the idea of crowdfunding became tired really quickly to the average – hunter yeah but i just kind of don't really call it crowdfunding like anymore i call it a like an album pre-order campaign or Mm, whatever and you just try and come up with extra things that a person would want that isn't that's gonna maybe only cost you in time to give them Mm -hmm. like a, a signed thing or you just like personalized touches um, I make webcam karaoke videos for people, which mm-hmm. I call love song dedications, and they go really well. Like I charge a hundred awesome. bucks a video, mm-hmm. and I'm just kind of just going, "Hi, so and so, this video um, is a gift from blah blah blah." They just wanted me to say blah 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 blah, and then I sing whatever song they've asked me to sing. That's yes. so cool. <laughs> I feel like there's, there's, I can't remember what it's called. It's like. Maybe it's called Cameo or something, but there's an app where you can can pay celebrities to, like, like send videos of themselves doing Mm -hmm. what you want for your friends. Oh, yeah. Someone, yeah, someone paid Flavor Flav to, like, send something to Reverend Pell. (laughs) It's really messed up. (laughs) I can't remember what he says, but it's like, oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no, no. That's not what I was thinking of, but all right. (laughs) Yikes. There is another one where you can sing along with, like, the artist that whose song you're singing. Okay. Or, I can't remember what that's called. I, like, didn't dig very yeah. deep into it. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's pretty fun to do stuff like that. Yeah. It does take a couple of hours, though. You should value, like, some of your time. Yeah. That's why it's 100 bucks because it's like, I'm yeah. going to spend a while trying to make this as funny as possible. <laughs> like, I'm not going to just give them the first take. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. I really like that idea. <laughs> Never heard of anything like that before. I'll, I'll have to pay like a gang of youths to send you one for your <gasps> birthday. <laughs> oh, don't. <laughs> um, so on top of being a musician, working with Music Victoria, you've also um, DJed mm-hmm. and hosted trivia, mm-hmm. like music trivia around yes. Melbourne. Um, what's that been like, like trivia in particular? Um... The, a lot of drunk people. Yeah. <laughs> well, the tri- it's music trivia. It's called mm-hmm. Let's Get Trivical. I haven't mm-hmm. done it for a couple of years, but that's also a thing that I did for crowdfunding. I was like, mm-hmm. I'm starting up the trivia one night only, X yeah. amount per table, because mm-hmm. it was used, used to be free. And people like flew in. They yeah. had like people that used to live in Melbourne 
one person. But anyway, she flew in <laughs> to do trivia. Mm-hmm. Um, it's heaps of fun. But I used to spend – I did that when I was studying graphic design because that's what I studied um, and then just did nothing with it. Um, mm. But it was how I made some extra cash without having to declare it. I was yeah. like mm. – would spend every Monday and Tuesday writing trivia, mm-hmm. like really, really nerdy, involved <laughs> music trivia. And then I, I would make a feature of the answers with, like, YouTube videos. Mm-hmm. So I'd find a funny YouTube video, like James Brown being interviewed drunk, mm-hmm. and then I would dig into his Wikipedia and find something interesting about James Brown and make that the question just so that when I came to the answer later on, I'd be like, and here is a funny video yeah. of James Brown drunk. <laughs> you really stuck to it. Oh, wow, the dedication. I love it. I don't That's do like, things, yeah. you know, in half measures. Yeah, no. Go it's, big or go home. Yeah. Trivia is always so much better when the host is just like, you, they're clearly so into it. Like, I love doing it. <laughs> There's a guy that does it at the retreat on Sydney Road and mm. on a Wednesday night. And like he obviously just like loves doing it. He's hilarious and like he'll get up and sing and like dance. Yeah. He just wants everyone to like get really into it. It's awesome. It's pretty and it's, fun. It and it becomes people's well. like regular weekly activity. Like, yeah. I don't know. I, I quite enjoyed doing it. If I had spare time, I would do it again because mm-hmm. it's fun, but it's a lot of prep. Mm, yeah. It's huge. Like everywhere in Melbourne. Like pubs are doing it. Mm. All my friends like love going to trivia nights. Mm. It's, yeah, that's huge. I I went to one like last week. Mm. It was great. Ben Ben, my neighbour does trivia for his Halloween parties. Oh yeah. Every year they usually have one at the house, mm. and he just gets the most like obscure, random bits and pieces from God knows where, mm. and people are like, "Is that real? Like, <laughs> this is a trick question." <laughs> so crazy like the knowledge you come across that other people know you're like mm. how, how did you know who are you <laughs> <laughs> the internet yeah yeah, yeah. Well. um and you've also hosted um a radio show word nerds yes yeah I'm, you've really I'm, done your research yes we have <laughs> did. um on triple r yeah which sounded really cool it was all about talking about like lyrics yeah it's still on Mixcloud. you can still mm-hmm. f- there's a like facebook page for Word Nerds on Triple R, and then there's a link on that for Word for the show. Yeah. Um, it was just a pop-up radio show because, like, when over summer all their regular announcers go on breaks, and uh, that's when, you, like, in the lead up to summer is when is a good time to pitch to Triple R and say, like, I'm interested in doing. Um, you know a little pop-up show over summer Mm -hmm. do you have any spots this is what my idea is and here's you know what I'm thinking yeah so I did that just because I'd never done radio before and I thought it would be fun but it ended up sounding more like a podcast because I can't yeah like when you listen to Triple R or PBS or like any radio they're just like really relaxed and Mm -hmm. just talking about the song that they're about to play or whatever but for me I can't do that like Mm -hmm. I have to I had to script it all yeah. yeah, and it sounded like I was reading off a script, but mm-hmm. like interesting, but yeah. just like yeah, I was surprised how unable I was to <laughs> to be chill. Yeah, yeah. No radio would be hard. I don't think I could do radio. No, it's just like so scary because it's happening so live. Like, yeah, <laughs> we'd have so much dead air time. <laughs> yeah, it's been like. Mm. No, what's next? So, <laughs> you're just you're just looking at this big clock that's like yeah. tick, ticking numbers, and you're like, ah, <laughs> big red letters. Yeah, but oh. I had a panelist, my friend Liz, so I didn't have to worry about the technical aspects of it. I was mm-hmm. just talking, but also like part of the deal was they said you have to interview people. Mm-hmm. You have to have like at least one interview per show. Yeah, which is not my favorite thing to do, like to interview other people. 
I don't know, I just would rather talk about, I just wanted to talk more about music. Mm. Yeah. So I just made the interviews about that. Mm-hmm. I made my guests learn a song <laughs> of their favourite lyricist, come in, cover it, and then talk about it. Oh, that's, that's, that's not, not a bad idea. putting a lot of prep on them as well. Mm-hmm. Mm. People get into it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess it'd be more interesting than a normal interview. Mm. But it's like, doesn't serve the purpose of promoting your own music if you've just (laughs) put an album or a single out and you've got a show coming (laughs) up. You're like, here is me playing someone else's song. Well, I mean, what is it? Triple J's um, Like a Version. Yeah, Yeah, that works. That's true. Yeah, maybe maybe I'm selling myself short. But, or my show short. But it was fun. (laughs) Yeah. Awesome. What, how busy are you right now? What things are you working on right now? Right now, I'm not very busy. This time last week, I was very, very yeah. busy. The, the awards kind of like takes over my life for mm-hmm. about four months. Yeah. Um, just like really long hours. And I try. I planned my whole album release this year around the awards, like around mm-hmm. making sure that I'd be finished touring it by the time the awards starts ramping up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got a tribute show that I'm for Daniel Johnston, who's like a songwriter from Austin, Texas, that um, died recently. Mm-hmm. I'm putting that on in a couple of weeks, so that's what I'm working on at the moment. Mm-hmm. And Music Big, um, I'm kind of like tying up and loose ends with the awards, like emailing all the partners, sending performers and winners photos of themselves. All the debrief stuff, I guess. Lots of debrief yeah. reporting and just making sure everyone's happy and satisfied and yeah. so a fair bit of that. And then as soon as that um, is finished, there's other stuff that, like, Music Vic is always really busy because it's a not-for-profit and yeah. it's like there's a lot of work. So you, you released your latest album this year, mm-hmm. Scared of You? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you had a bit of a break between, like, this album and the last one. Did you find it hard getting back into it or just, like, riding a bike? It just came naturally. It took... I I applied for a songwriter's residency um, to write this album, Mm -hmm. which was with a place called the Bundan on Trust, uh, which is Arthur Boyd, the painter's um, family trust. Mm -hmm. He left behind this property near Nowra in New South Wales that's got, like, five homesteads on it. Um, and he left it for the Artists of Australia to make art in. Mm -hmm. So you apply and you can stay for up to six weeks. And when I did it, and for years um, it used to be free if you get get the spot, it's kind of like a grant application, Um, but now it's $50 a night. But I... So I, I took myself there. Like I kind of applied for that when I was working on Amateur Hour with the knowledge that as soon as that web series finished, I was going to get sad if I didn't have a project because <laughs> I love projects. Yeah. Um, and I opened up my lyric book and hadn't worked on it, hadn't written anything in it for like four years. And that was kind of terrifying. But like you just need one breakthrough. Like you just kind of start and mm-hmm. it's a bit rusty and weird and you feel insecure that you've forgotten how to write mm-hmm. and then something works and you're like oh no I get it I and then it just is <laughs> back on track yeah it just flows yeah mm-hmm. is your um you had your own label at one point ready freddy ready freddy is yeah. that still running yeah, yeah. i'm self-released so i'm a self-booked self-managed self-releasing yeah. artist yeah mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. last i only put my first album out through my manager's label yeah and everything else that i've put out i've done myself Okay. It's cool. a lot of work. Mm-hmm. So do you have any other artists on that label? No. Just, just you? me. You'll find a lot of self-releasing yeah. artists. Like they have a record label. Yeah. But um, it's just like so that they don't have no logo and look yeah. like there's nothing going on. It's Something like it just, to present them. Yeah. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Just looks a bit more professional to have some sort of record label name attached to it. I think that's basically what we've done with Astronauty and Roly Poly. Yeah. Yeah. Like we've got other bands, but it's mainly Astronauty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah. Jamil has her own label as well that she runs with one of her mates. Mm. Just been doing some things. He, he quit his day job to work on it and nothing's happening. I don't know oh, why no. he did that. <laughs> oh, that's, you know, leap of faith. We're, we're hoping because I obviously finish uni in two weeks. Um, so hopefully I'll have more time to put towards it and we can actually get things rolling mm. more so. But that, he quit his job like two months ago. Far and I'm out. like, buddy, <laughs> are you okay? <laughs> Please that's tell me you have money. Is he on the niece scheme? No, I that have looked at that though. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know if you'll know Jess Carroll. Yeah, yeah. So she's one of our teachers, well, my teachers, <laughs> um, who's a really good resource to have. And mm. she mentioned that to me last try. Yeah, uh, I knew nothing about it, but that's definitely something that I'm going to look at. I think that's how soon. that's how Milk Records got yeah. started. Nice scheme, right? Yeah, because mm. okay. Courtney was releasing her own stuff and then she had friends that were putting music out and I think she just offered to release their stuff because she kind of had to keep that label going mm. as part of the niece scheme. Like you have to – they teach you how to run a business, yeah. how to do budgets and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And then, like, amazingly it became this thing and she became famous and yeah, the record label grew out of it. Mm, good on her. Mm. She's done well. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> Do you have any tips as a songwriter, maybe for budding young songwriters? Tips? Mm. Um, I really value good lyrics, so I'd say, like, pay attention to lyrics. And if you are, uh, like, not prioritising them, you're kind of missing out or you might be, like, missing connecting with an audience. Mm-hmm. Although some people love music and don't listen to lyrics at all, but yeah. I think good lyrics are next level. Mm, for sure. Um, just keep having an open mind about music and, like, learning new stuff and exposing yourself to different and different types of art, like any kind of performance art, theatre, visual art. Mm-hmm. Just, like, immerse yourself in, in things that are good for your soul mm-hmm. and you'll hopefully make good art. Mm-hmm. What would you say some of your personal influences are? Lyrically, um, I really like Stephen Merritt. He's the singer and songwriter for a band called The Magnetic Fields. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I love Dory Previn. She's a folk singer um, from the 70s. Mm-hmm. She's very bitter and... <laughs> Like, not well. Mm-hmm. Um, Daniel Johnston, who I'm doing the tribute show for. Yeah. Some of my faves. Like, people that are, like, open and I like a wry sense of humour without it being comedic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. People transparent. And... Yeah, just, like, being able to... I love Morrissey's lyrics, even though he's... From the Smiths, <laughs> even though he's, like, not a great guy. Um, being able to express yourself and be comfortable with being vulnerable but also be able to laugh at how ridiculous you're being sometimes. Mm, yeah. yeah, definitely important. Mm-hmm. Some people take themselves way too seriously. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh. Cool. Um, maybe to wrap up, what are your top three fave Aussie acts at the moment or of all time? Oh, at the moment or of all time? Either. Either. I'll just do top three. Okay, just top pick three. three. Don't even limit it to three. We, well, no yeah, one else well, no one does. 
Okay. Well, at the moment, <laughs> Jay. <laughs> I think you reeled off about twenty. Right. Okay, we're going to stop. That's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> at the moment, I'm obsessed with Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. Um, her album's just come out, and I just think she's really, really, really amazing. That's the singer from Totally Mild. She's like gone off and done her solo stuff now. Mm-hmm. Um, really like Gordon Coeng. He performed at the awards this year and mm. he's just amazing. Mm-hmm. Who else was I going to say? I was going to say Cyanide Thornton, if you're talking about current artists. Mm-hmm. Um, that's Sienna. She was in Two Steps on the Water. That's kind of a project that she started around the same time as they were wrapping up. Mm-hmm. So they're probably my faves at the moment, but... Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. I used to love Darren Hanlon when I first started writing songs. He was one of my heroes. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Mm. Yes. Very mm. cool. Awesome. Did Thanks. you have anything else? I don't know if I'll include it because it's a bit out of order, but um, working with, like, on the awards last week, did mm-hmm. you have much personal contact with the artists that came? And Yeah. Yeah. Did yeah. you speak to Kihu at all? Kihu. Yeah. Um, no, they kind of, like, get when artists win, they get whisked off stage to be in a photo yeah and i'm not the person that whisks them because i'm side of stage keeping track of like making sure everything's running to time nothing technical is going wrong yeah (coughs) why do you ask oh because they're friends of mine oh really yeah (laughs) we've been talking about them a lot they were so glowing yeah like they i've never seen someone look so overjoyed and yeah just like because they the won the biggest grins on their face. They won the Archie Roach Award. Didn't yeah, they? yeah. They because oh, we even with this we made a post saying yeah they won, and they were so just on the moon like yeah <laughs> so so happy. Yeah, super chuffed. I I was emailing them yesterday because um, like just to sort out getting them the cash to them and yeah. stuff like that and send them the, the photos. But, yeah. oh, so cute. They loved it. Yeah, they're yeah. Hearts. Good boys. Mm. <laughs> okay. Well, awesome. I think that's it. Yeah. Yay. Thanks for coming. Thanks yeah. for having me. Yeah. You can uh, check out Laura's new album, Scared of You, on Spotify. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's where I've been listening to it, at least. <laughs> but, yeah. Wherever else you stream. Yeah, Apple Music. All Everywhere. the places. All the places. Yeah. Amazing. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Cool. Thanks for listening and keeping us company for the last couple of months. We may be taking a bit of an episode hiatus over the new year period, but fear not, we will still be regularly updating on our blog and industry news page, and we have some funky announcements coming in our first episode of 2020. Stick around, keep your eye on the website and our socials, and we'll catch you next time, next year.